Welcome to the Prophecy Club. So we're going to do it God's way today. What is the topic? Well, I got <laughs> I can tell you about that. Okay, so for the last couple of days, I have been reading and studying all about the 5G network. I've run across some real interesting information, but I kept yawning. Now, I studied this last night until about 12.30, and I kept yawning. I thought, oh, well, this is not God warning me off. Now, let's pause a second for those of you that are new and don't know what I'm talking about. About 14, 15 years ago, I was still in Topeka, Kansas at the time, and I was talking to someone, and they were going to be possibly a speaker for us on our speaking tours. And I started yawning, and I kept yawning. And the yawning got so bad, I could barely even talk to the guy. So finally, me being the sharp individual that I am, not, <laughs> finally, I thought, I, I asked Lisette, I said, Lord, are, are you telling me that I should not have this speaker in? And the yawns went away. So from that point on, I began to recognize those yawns. And then when it, this next thing really came on when I was in the process of writing my book, from time to night, time, I would feel the anointing, like, for example, on Sunday mornings, each Sunday morning before I get up to deliver the message, I get on my knees over in a corner, and I ask the Lord for his anointing. And I'm really afraid to get up behind his pulpit and talk to his people unless I feel his anointing touch me. Now, it feels a lot of different ways, but in simple, it just feels like someone just touching my head. Uh, Leslie says she also feels it sometimes on her shoulders. Well, okay, so uh, I feel it, it feels like someone just gently touching me. Sometimes, in various different ways. I don't know, maybe I should make a program on how the different anointings and what, how they feel. But the point is, uh, that to me, it, that tells me that God is with me. So, the on says no. It's basically saying no, whatever you're doing, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to go in that direction. Don't do that. And the anointing is a confirmation that I'm doing it the right way. So I stayed up until like 1230 last night reading all about this 5G network. I'm going to bring you this 5G network, all this information, which is exhaustive. I mean, I, after three or four hours of research, I'm not even close to being ready to present it. But the whole time last night, I keep getting yawns. And every time I get a yawn, I'm saying, oh, well, you know, it's just 1230 at night. I'm just tired. I said, Lord, if I'm not supposed to do this tomorrow when I start studying again, when I'm not tired, then bring the yawns again. Well, here it is, uh, 1.57 p.m. in the afternoon, and I've been studying it all morning long, and I've been fighting off yawns the whole time. So finally, I gave in. I said, all right, Lord, I'll scrap this whole 5G network thing, this whole thing that I've spent probably four or five, maybe even six hours researching. I'll scratch it because I don't care what goes on the ear. If it's not you, there's no sense in me putting it out there. So then I began to pray like I do every Saturday night. Lord, what do you want to say? So today I began to pray, Lord, what do you want to say on the radio? Not my radio program. It's your radio program. And it doesn't make any difference what I want to put on there. If it's not what you want to put on there, it's not going to work. So what do you want to say? So then I went over to a few websites that are kind of news websites, you know, like Fox News. Yawn. <laughs> I checked this website. Yawn. <laughs> All right, Lord, what do you want me to say today? And just everything I turned to was a yawn. I'm thinking, well, you know, 
I don't know, maybe I need to take, take a nap or something. Maybe I'm just sleepy. Maybe I'm not going to come up with anything I'm supposed to say today. So I thought, all right, well, the one place I know is God's will is the Bible. So I pulled out, and this is where I had written down the entire book of Revelation. I wrote it out on my spiral ring notebook because that's when I memorized it. So I opened this little sliding door underneath me here, and that's where I have my Bible written out. And as soon as I did, boom, the anointing hit me. I thought, all right, well, great. So he wants me to read. So I began reading, and it was open to chapter 16 of Revelation. And the anointing got stronger and stronger, and it kept touching me and getting stronger and stronger as I'm reading Revelation 16. All right, fine. (laughs) I don't care what it is to put on the air, Lord. As long as you want me to put it on there, then I'm happy to put it on there. So then I thought, all right, so something to do with Revelation 16. So then I started going back to my computer, researching something. You know, again, all I'm trying to hear from the Lord, what do you want to put on there? And the yawn started. No, okay. So then I went back to Revelation 16, my little notes here, and the anointing came. So here I am today. I'm going to teach through Revelation 16 today. Now, I realize that any time I start talking about Bible prophecy, maybe you get yawns, because it seems like our views on uh, YouTube go down when I'm talking on Bible prophecy. But here, lately, he just keeps bringing me back to talk to you about Bible prophecy. The only thing I conclude is, is that apparently he wants our listeners to be interested in his word, not what some news agency or what Q or none of that stuff. He keeps bringing me back to teach you about Bible prophecy. So if you believe I'm hearing from God, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to study Bible prophecy. So if you believe I'm hearing from God, then hopefully you will stick with me in the Bible prophecy because, again, the views go down when I talk Bible prophecy. But as I told you once before, I don't know, it's probably 15 years ago in the night, God told me in a dream that the day would arrive when the number one topic on the globe that everyone, all people, nations, languages, and tongues will want to know about is Bible prophecy. Well, right now, you know, maybe people don't want to know about it so much. But apparently, something is about to hit this nation. And he wants us to know about Bible prophecy. He keeps bringing me back to that. So if you want to know what the Lord wants you to know, then I believe at least today for this ministry, this is what he wants me to bring to you. So let's go to Revelation chapter 16. I'll read and explain as we go along. And for those of you that are new, about two years ago I memorized the book of Revelation. I began getting revelations on it. So I speak this to you, not just as one has studied, but one that has memorized. These words I have memorized. And in the process of memorizing them, God gave me a deeper understanding than I'd ever had in my life. So hopefully you think I've earned the right to talk to you about Revelation chapter 16 today. I started memorizing this. I see the date in the upper right corner, April 13th, 2017. That was the date that I started writing this down. Okay, so anyway, let's get going. I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels. Now, who are the seven angels? These are the seven angels that were just given the vials filled with the wrath of God who liveth forever and ever. And these are the last vials be poured out 
each of those, and that's part of the audible voice that is spoke to me. The seven seals play over seven years. The seven trumpets play over seven months. And the seven vials play over seven days. So this specifically are the events that take place on the earth the last seven days just before Jesus returns, thus saith the Lord, if you believe I can possibly hear an audible voice from God. And I heard a great voice out of the temple. That's the temple in heaven sending these seven angels out. Go your ways and pour out your vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. Now, a lot of people get confused about what the wrath of God is. Is the wrath of God, you know, in the Old Testament? Well, yes, it was, but not as it's related to Revelation. Well, is the wrath of God the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven vials? Well, yes, but not as it relates to the day Jesus returns. But this is the final seven vials. These are the last seven days before Jesus returns. And these vials are based, the whole point of the tribulation is to let people know that time is running out, that he's going to return. And when he returns, the judgment is set, the books are opened, the beast is slain, and Jesus returns on the clouds. When the judgment is set, this is where the scripture comes into play. Let him that is filthy be filthy still. Let him that is unjust be unjust still. Let him that is righteous be righteous still. Let him that is holy be holy still. Meaning, no one else falls away. No one else gets saved. And that's what's going to happen seven days from when the angel says to the other seven angels, go and pour out your vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first angel went out and poured his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. Meaning, those people that are assigned to perdition, let me explain the difference, perdition is eternal torment, they do not get soul death. Everyone else whose name is not in the book of life gets soul death. It is the second death. But those people that take the mark of the beast, that is the worst thing you can possibly do because you are tossed into the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone with the beast, the false prophet, and with the dragon or Satan or Lucifer, whatever you want to call it. And those three, plus all of the people that took the mark of the beast or worshipped his image, those people are tormented with fire and brimstone day and night forever and ever. They do not get soul death. It is eternal torment. It is perdition. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man. And every living soul died in the sea. Now, I've heard people say, oh, yeah, well, there's some kind of like a virus or there's some kind of an algae that could possibly turn the sea red. No, no, it's not turning the sea red with some algae. It is literally turning it into a form of a watery blood. Now, how do we know it's actual blood? Next verse is going to clarify that for us. And the third angel, and by the way, one more thing, as the blood of a dead man and every living soul died in the sea. So how long can mankind live without the sea? In other words, every living soul died in the sea. How long can the humans on earth live without that? Well, not very many people would live very long without the sea. I mean, a lot of people make their living from the sea. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters. Now listen carefully. And they became blood. It didn't say they came like blood. It didn't say it turned to a red algae. 
It didn't say it just turned red. It turned to blood. How do we know absolutely positively that all of the fountains of waters, that means all of the rivers, all the underwater aquifers, all of the water, every place, every place that is not part of the sea, then turns to blood unless maybe they have it like in a canteen or something like that. And then who knows, maybe even that turns to blood. But how do we know it actually turns to blood? Well, one thing, what did Moses do before Pharaoh? He turned water to blood, literally. And it happens again. Verse 5, And I heard the angel of the water say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and was and shalt be, because they have judged thus. For they have shed, here it is, for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. Meaning, he gives them all of the water on earth to drink, and it is literally blood because they shed the blood of saints and prophets, so he gives, he gives them blood to drink. Now, that brings another question. So this is the third vial, meaning we have four days left. So how long can mankind live with all of the sea turned to blood, everything in the sea dead, all of the aquifers, all of the rivers, all of the underground rivers, all of that other water, the drinking water on earth, that's all turned literally to blood. They cannot drink it. There's nothing for them to drink. How long can mankind live? Well, that's the whole point. He's saying you only have a few days left to make your decision for Christ. That's it. And then it's over. That's all. That's the point. He's trying to get them to receive him. He's trying to get them to stop sending and repent. Verse 7. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. Why? Because he gave them blood to drink. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun. And power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which had power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. See, that's the point. That's the reason he's bringing the tribulation. That's the reason he brought the seals and the trumpets, and now that's the reason he's bringing the vials. He's trying to say, look, this world is going away. I removed all of your water. I've now removed most of your sun, and that's what he's about to do. He's a third of the sun stars, and all of those are all darkened. He's saying this world is going away. You've got to make a decision. You've only got a few hours left, in this case, four days left, or now three days, and then it's over. The fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast. That means the rulership of the beast. By this time, it will be in Jerusalem. And his great kingdom was full of darkness. So what just happened? Probably the sun got seven times hotter. Isaiah 30 verse 26 says the sun gets seven times hotter. Have you ever walked into a room, you flipped on the light switch, and instead of the light coming on normal, it got really, really bright, like kind of like a flash bulb going off, kind of like those old flash bulbs we used to know about. And then all of a sudden, the light bulb is burned out. Well, that's kind of what happens to the sun here. In other words, this fourth angel is allowed to pour out his vial upon the sun, and it gets really hot. He scorches me in the fire, verse 8, and then as a result of that, it goes totally out. That means the sun literally and physically loses its flame. It gets seven times hotter, and then it totally goes out. Stan, how do you know it? Absolutely, positively loses its flame, and it never goes out again because literally... In eternity, Jesus literally is the light of the world.
not only does the sun go out, the moon won't give its light, but all of the stars, listen carefully, this is a revelation I got. This is not even in my book. This is after the book. But all of the stars of heaven will not be seen. Because when time was created, that's when God said, Bereshit. He just said one word, light. And all of a sudden, light happened. And he threw the stars into place with his finger. He called them by name. And before that happened, he wrote a book called The Book of Life, and everyone's name that would be saved was written into that book. Then he created the earth. And at that time, I believe that before that, there was no stars. There was nothing. There was just void, like the Bible says in Genesis. But when he spoke that word, it created time. And with time, we could then have a sun, a moon, and the stars. However, when the time is no more, then that rip in time is created, and all of a sudden there is no more sun. There is no more moon. There is no more stars. It's all gone. I made another some notes up here, but you remember where it says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon it was called faithful and true and righteous, and he see death judge. So it said, I saw heaven open. Then also, back over in Revelation chapter 4, And after this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, meaning that time is like a curtain was just pulled back, and all of a sudden, he could see that there was a throne. He, he went on to say, a door was open in heaven, and the f- first voice I heard was, as it were, a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither. I will show you things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, meaning that this curtain of time was opened up. And there wasn't a long three-hour trip through the stars and passing all by the planets because all of a sudden John immediately went from being on the earth to all of a sudden now he's in heaven because the curtain of time was ripped. And immediately, just like when Jesus returns, you're not going to see him coming down like a star out of heaven. It will be an immediate rip in time. All of a sudden, he is right there on earth. Boom, just like that. So that's what's happening here. So when the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, power was given to him to scorch men with fire, and men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed in the name of God, which had power of these plagues, but they repented not to give him glory. That's the point. He's trying to get them to repent. The fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seed of the beast, and his great kingdom was full of darkness, meaning the sun literally goes out. The moon won't give her light. The stars of heaven fall as a fig tree casting forth their untimely figs. That's over in Revelation chapter 6. Anyway, full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and the sores. Here it is again. And repented not of their deeds. This is literally three days from the return of Jesus. Jesus is in his mercy, is doing everything he possibly can, trying to get these hard-headed, hard-hearted people to know that he is God and to repent. All eternity is about to be heaped upon all of us, and they're not going to be a part of it. Verse 12, And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Why? Because it's just about to be Armageddon time. All of the armies of the world are going to come down to attack little Jerusalem. That's Armageddon. And at that time, when those 
the, 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 the Euphrates River is dried up. All of those kings, all of the nations that had to get over the Euphrates now can cross the Euphrates, and God is dragging them down to be part of Armageddon. Verse 13, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophet, for they are the spirits of devils working miracles. See, remember I told you August 8th, uh, 2015, I heard the audible voice of God say, this is the time of miracles. And then he downloaded them heart as, as the judgment hits, so will my miracles. But these are not going to be miracles like normal miracles. These are going to be miracles greater than anyone going all the way back to Adam has ever seen. That's what he spoke to my heart. So that's what's happening is this is the time of miracles. And just as the devils do miracles, well, so does God. And just like Moses in front of Pharaoh, Moses threw down his rod, it became a snake. And then the magicians from the Pharaoh threw down their rods, they became a snake. But Moses' rod ate up the other snakes. In other words, his magic is stronger. His power is stronger. That's what's happening here. These are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth into the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. In other words, these devils are dragging people, the kings of the earth, down to attack Israel for the battle of Armageddon. Now, someone wrote me an email the other day and said, can you tell me the very best New Testament verse that absolutely does away with the rapture? Well, here it is. Now, we just went through the sixth seal, meaning that we are literally 24 hours away from Armageddon, and verse 15 says, Behold, I come as a thief. Who's talking about, I come as a thief? Who is it that said, I come as a thief? Well, that would be Jesus. So this is the day before Armageddon, literally 24 hours before Armageddon, and Jesus is still warning, behold, I come as a thief. Oh, you know, you might say, yeah, but that doesn't mean that the Christians weren't pulled out before this. Oh, yes, it does. Ask yourself this. Who is it that gets the wedding garments? Is that the tares of the wheat? Who is it that get the garments that last for eternity, the tares of the wheat? The answer is the wheat. So it's the Christians that get the garments. There are no tares that get any garments. Now let me read that again. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So this is Jesus speaking and warning to the church. Do not lose your garments, meaning don't fall away. Don't quit. Don't give up. See, that's what have patience in Revelation means. It doesn't mean don't get angry. It doesn't mean don't speak or don't say something or don't speed or don't cut somebody off. It's not talking about that. It's saying don't quit your faith in me, your faith in Jesus. Behold, it cometh the thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments. In other words, he's saying, Christians, those that believe in me, tomorrow I'm coming as a thief. It's just about time for you to get your victory, but here it is the day before victory. Don't quit. Verse 16, he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. This is literally 24 hours before Armageddon, 24 hours before Jesus returns, and he's saying, don't lose your salvation. 17, and the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven, from the throne, saying, it is done. What does that mean? It means that time is about to be 
stop. It means that all of this experiment for some 6,000 years trying to get people saved is over. And there were voices, thunderings, and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth so mighty an earthquake and so great. There's two things that signify the day of the Lord. One is earthquakes. The second one is great hail. Because when the sun goes out about 48 hours later, within that the deep space is minus 455 degrees, when the sun goes out within 48 hours, the atmosphere has dropped so low that all moisture in the atmosphere turns into hail, and they estimate it's going to be around 75 pounds per hail. Now, that's about the size of a beach ball. So try to imagine hail the size of a beach balls following or falling anywhere from three to seven foot deep all over the earth. At this time, there is no more sea. At this time, it, because this is the earthquake that causes every mountain to fall, every valley to fill in, the rough places are made smooth, the crooked places are made straight. This is when there's no more sea. This is when he turns the earth into a nice, round, smooth ball. This is when he arises to shake the earth terribly. And this is the great earthquake. He says the great city was divided into three parts. My opinion is that great city is America, probably specifically Los Angeles or New York City. The great city, I don't think this is Jerusalem. The great city was divided, although it could be. The, Jerusalem is definitely on the list. was divided into three parts. And the cities of the nations fell. And the great Babylon, that's America. That's the reason I suspect it's an American city. Great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of her his wrath. That cup of the wine is because we caused the other nations to fall away. How did America, that took the Bible to the world, that caused so many people to get saved, instead reverse and be the nation that causes all the other nations to fall away? The answer is because of our movies, our filthy, dirty music, our filthy, dirty music, our filthy, dirty print. Because the world follows us, and they have followed us off into damnation. And there fell upon men, here it is, a great hail out of heaven. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God, to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. Meaning, that every valley rises, every mountain falls, where places made smooth, the crooked places are made straight, there is no more sea, the earth turns into a nice round smooth ball, another place says you'll be able to walk across a river with your sandals on and not get your feet wet. That's what it's talking about. Every island fled away and the mountains were not found, and there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, that's about 75 pounds, and men blaspheme God because of the plague of the hail, and for the plague thereof is is exceeding great, and that's the end of chapter 16. Now, I'd recommend you get my book. My book will help you to understand that Jesus returns two more times, not one. The next time Jesus returns, he returns on first fruits as a lamb, not as a lion. And with 144,000 one-year-old Jews, 50 days later, Jesus returns to heaven on Pentecost with the barley and the wheat, that's us, and the 144,000, those who are ready, get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, where Jesus changes from being lamb to lion, from prince of the kings of the earth, to king of kings and lord of lords. Jesus is given many crowns, a vesture dipped in his own blood, and a white horse. Those who were ready received the wedding garment at the wedding 
feast, and we return with Jesus on trumpets on a white horse about four months later. The second time Jesus returns is on trumpets using the morning star, the light sword, to burn the tares. This is the judgment seat of Christ where we all receive our rewards. All people who ever ask Jesus into their heart report there. Ten days later on atonement is the judgment of those who never accepted Jesus, the judgment of the dead. They are judged without the blood of Christ based upon their works written in the books. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life is cast into the lake of fire, which is the second or soul death. Five days later in tabernacles, the new Jerusalem comes down from God out of heaven. And one is $20, don't do that. Five is 30, 10 is 55 at prophecyclub.com. The secret door to understand Bible prophecy. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55 at prophecyclub.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for your gifts of support. God bless. Now you can donate to the Prophecy Club on your mobile device. Just text the word prophecy to 444-999 and follow the prompts. Just text the word prophecy to 444-999 and follow the prompts. Message and data rates may apply. You can also listen to the Prophecy Club anytime on Alexa, Google Home, and YouTube. Just say, Alexa, play Prophecy Club. Our websites are prophecyclub.com, watchprophecyclub.com, sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com, and a Prophecy Club has been a blessing to you. And if God has blessed you, When it comes time for your giving, please remember Prophecy Club. It's summertime. We really could use your help now. Thank you and God bless.